African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to yet another interactive installment of African Dialogue. You are tuned into Channel Africa from the African perspective. I'm your host, Kumbero Munjerere, and we are currently on the frequency 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Now, in many countries, a healthy political opposition is seen as crucial to keep governments in check and to provide the electorate with a possible future alternative. But in other parts of the African continent, joining an opposition party or being a leader of one means human rights abuses, uh, torture, incarceration, and even death. Uh, the treason trial of um, Hakainda Hichilema, the detained president of uh, Zambia's largest opposition party, the United Party for National Development, comes to mind. He is facing treason charges, and treason is non-bailable offense in Zambia with a minimum jail term of 15 years and a maximum sentence of the death penalty. In Uganda, um, opposition leader Kiza Besige is in and out of court for challenging the current president Yoweri Museveni in last year's elections. Opposition leaders in Zimbabwe are not also spared from harassment and even threatened with violence. Well, this morning we are looking at this worrying political trend. Uh, now, to help us unpack this, I am joined on the line by Dr. Samuel o- Olorontuba. Uh, he is uh, the senior lecturer at uh, the international uh, at Tabombeki African Leadership Institute, I beg your pardon, at uh, the University of uh, South Africa. And Dennis Bloom, he is uh, the spokesperson of uh, the Congress of the uh, People's Party here in uh, South Africa. Now also joining us is uh, Dr. Jessica Buila. Now she is uh, the chairperson of the Women Caucus in uh, the Parliament of Malawi. Thank you all for joining us. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me uh, uh, on the much. show. Thank you very much. All right, all right. Let me let me start with you, Dr. Alarantova. There is no doubt here that political parties in opposition have a crucial role in ensuring and enhancing democratic processes. But they said, you know, a different understanding of what the role of opposition parties should be. What do you think is the primary role of opposition parties? Is it to disagree with the government of the day at every turn as others understand it to be? What do you think? Thank you very much. Uh, usually, opposition parties are political parties in waiting. They are, they are ruling parties in the waiting. And by that, I mean that they contest election with the ruling party. They probably lost due to one reason or the other. And um, they are expected to provide alternative to whatever the policies of the government are based on their own party manifesto. 
And in instances where there is similarity in what they have for the country or the citizen, they are not necessarily bound to disagree with the ruling party. But what we've had in Africa is that most political parties, whether ruling party or opposition party, really don't have a manifesto. They don't have an ideology. They just have a wish list of what they think they want to do. And so because there is no clear-cut ideology in African democracy. You see people crossing from one party to the other at every, the least inconvenience in the ruling party. So while it is a very vital part of democracy to have opposition party, what we'll be having in Africa, with the possible exception of South Africa, is that we really don't have functional opposition parties. Mr. Bloom, some usually call opposition parties rebels without a cause. Uh, now, your party, the Congress of the People, is one of parties represented here in the South African Parliament. What do you think should be the role of opposition parties, Mr. Bloom? In the first place, um, the role of an opposition party, and not only of opposition parties, all re- uh, public representatives, must uh, hold the government uh, to account. That is the, the, the role of an opposition party and public representative. Now, we, uh, since our formation in 2008, uh, we have um, played that role. I, I, I believe so. Uh, the first, uh, we have said that we, we, we are formed and we formed a political party to, in the defense of the constitution and the laws of this country. Uh, we, we successfully uh, are doing that. Uh, as you can see, uh, what is happening uh, uh, at present, um, the constitutional court have just uh, last year in, in March ruled against uh, the uh, president and the parliament, was it not for opposition uh, parties, uh, then uh, uh, that thing could have never reached uh, the highest court of the, of the land, uh, the constitutional court. Dr. Dr. Kabwila, yeah, hi, Dr. Kabwila, can you hear me? Dr. Kabwila? Yes, I'm here. Yes, do you agree with uh, Mr. Bloom here, Dr. Yeah. Kabwila? Unfortunately, I couldn't get clearly what they are saying, but I did pick a few about constitutionalism in terms of uh, the fact that the role of the opposition uh, in a democracy should be you know, to uphold the, the, the documents that guide the party. I just want to echo that, and I think the issue of oversight is very crucial. Uh, and in my opinion, from where I am standing, I think... Uh, one thing that I think opposition needs to be very, very strong at is to be a, 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 a solution. Uh, they should actually be championing in showing people that they are an alternative and they are the ones that people can look up to. So the way they run their own finances should be a way that actually shows people that they are able to 
uh, they are able to be held accountable. Because if they are accountable and I mean, they are showing accountability and transparency, then the ruling party, when it is messing up, and I'm saying this was a company country that is serious problems because of uh, the cash gate problem, then in opposition you need to be seen that you don't have a blemish, that you are either you are also misusing party funds or public funds. And I think issues of um, speaking for the voiceless is very, very crucial. Because the problem of post-colonial Africa is running on um, hegemonic discourses. You know, issues that say if you portray to the majority, then the minority must, must, must keep quiet. I think opposition must understand and show that human rights are not about numbers. They are about if a person is a human being, we must be able to tolerate difference, we must be able to manage our differences and see that we actually are more stronger in that. And to really underline constitutionalism is extremely key when you are in opposition. You must abide by the documents that guide your party. Otherwise, it becomes a personal agenda. You find that there is patronage, you find that people are just putting their relatives in power. And then, you know, we're having the same problem all over again. Sure. Yeah, so I, I, I did hear much of um, what you said, but I think your question has been what is the role of um, opposition. And in a nutshell, for me, it is championing rights of those who do not have a chance to get into parliament, who don't have a chance to get into the courtroom. Look at issues of water, issues of, um, you know, that matter to, 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 to vulnerables like children and women. That ordinarily wouldn't be there. Things like, how do we make sure that women are full in parliament? Sure. Opposition must be seen how it is actually looking at issues like quota, quotas, affirmative action. What are we doing about issues that normally people say, you know, this is that do not matter. Now, Dr. Olorontu, uh, no one would say uh, that over the last three decades uh, there has been some kind of progress towards institutionalizing uh, the multi-party democracy. We are seeing more and more elections uh, being held here across the continent. But despite this, though, elections rarely result in changes of uh, government, governing parties, mostly former liberation movements, uh, continue to enjoy massive support of the masses. Just briefly. Tell us, why do you think this is the case? Are opposition parties in Africa not effective enough? Well, the effectiveness of opposition party is a function of many factors. One of which I will go back to what I said earlier on. The first is how different are they from the ruling parties? Do they have any clear-cut ideology? And if they don't have any clear-cut ideology, the, 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 the citizen don't also see any reason why they should vote for them. The second thing is the, the pervasiveness of uh, poverty and patrimonialism in, across Africa, in which ruling parties use the resources of the state to buy support. In, in a country like Nigeria, where I come from, you see people just moving from one party to the other based on what they can gain not because they are identified with a particular political ideology of, of the, of the so-called opposition party. Mm-hmm. So that's a very clear-cut uh, issue. And of course, you also see the weakening of the institutions, like the judiciary, like, like the, the media, that the, the ruling party usually buy over 
and then they don't have that uh, power to exercise the authority that they're supposed to have in, in strengthening democracy. So the weakness of the opposition party in Africa is generally on account of the nature of our political economy, on the nature of the, the ruling elite who see the, the uh, ruling as a kind of a, a national birthright. And so they do everything possible to, to stifle the voices of the, of the opposition. Okay, so, hold, hold that thought, hold that thought, uh, Mr. Olorantova. Let's take a quick break. When we return, we will continue our discussion about the state of opposition parties here on the African continent. Stay with us. The SABC is calling on all South Africans to play their part and to support relief efforts for the people affected by the Western Cape storms and wildfires. You can support by providing non-perishables and other much-needed resources. Please donate across all SABC offices nationally, the Gift of the Givers, and other NGOs who are working with first responders on the ground. Let's come together, South Africa, as a country and as a people, and let's help where it's needed the most. Follow SABC platforms for more updates. This is an SABC Foundation-supported initiative. All right, welcome back. You are listening to African Dialogue here on Channel Africa from the African perspective. And today we are looking at the challenges facing opposition parties here on the African continent. But let's quickly take the time to reflect on what is happening in Zambia. The breaking news overnight is that about 48 opposition lawmakers have been suspended, which links to what we are talking about here today. Uh, Joining me on the line to give us an update on what is happening in Zambia is uh, Mr. Gary Nkomo. He is the chief whip of uh, the opposition, the United Party for National Development. Thank you uh, for agreeing to talk to us, uh, Mr. Nkomo. We understand that 48 opposition lawmakers have been suspended from Parliament yesterday. Just give us a sense, why have uh, these members of uh, Parliament been suspended, uh, Mr. Nkomo? Right. Thank you very much. Just to make a quick correction, the name is Nkombo with a P before the M, Gary Nkombo. I'm also glad to talk to you. And I've been following your discussion in the last uh, five minutes. And I thought I might just uh, quickly state that the challenge that you think is for opposition political parties is not limited to opposition political parties. It's limited to the African man and woman who reside on this continent. You know very well that um, in the 60s, 50s, 60s, this continent was embroiled in liberation movement, the political liberation movement. And once we have attained that, we're going to go to another fight for the economic liberation. Now, having said so, I just want you to put it on record that from where I stand, this challenge is not mine alone as a member of the opposition. It's a challenge for everyone and a complete reflection of the dictatorial tendencies that we have seen emerge so quickly on the African continent. In Zambia here, I can tell you now that there's an English adage which calls, show me your friends and I will show your character. Mm-hmm. The president of this country uh, has got friends, and I'll name them very quickly. Yoweri Museveni, 
the rest is for you to now try and see what kind of um, governance system we are currently facing in this country. The next one is Robert Mugabe, and that puts a lead on my, my, my argument that this country's democracy has been eroding systematically by first way of dislocating all the institutions and pillars of governance and democracy. In 1991, we chose for ourselves in this country to have a multi-party political dispensation. We have not seen the amount of diminishing space for the opposition political party. Now, the case of Zambia is fairly unique. Unique in the sense that when you're halfway up, it's only logical for you to understand that you are also halfway down. We're coming out of a clearly disputed election uh, that was petitioned through the court of law. We know clearly how the judiciary muscled their way in uh, declaration of one individual as a winner uh, and away from the dictates of the Constitution because as far as we are concerned, the courts are still mute and quiet about what they ought to have done. The man who suspended us yesterday is the man who we believe firmly that he was part of the abrogation of the, con, uh, of, of the, the Constitution because the current Constitution is clear in its dictates that when there is a presidential petition, the incumbent president must leave the instrument of power to the head of the legislature, in this case, Patrick Martini, who is the man that should have actually assisted in the impartiality of the other arm of government. He decided to duck his responsibility. Now, the issue of the suspension, to us, is neither here nor there. Uh, we will serve it, obviously not without a fight, because we have moved this matter into the court of law, we have taken it for judicial review. We have made an application on the stay of execution. And we have decided that whenever we are going to go inside that parliament, we are going to move a motion, a motion that is going to demonstrate to the country, one, and to the region, two, and to the continent, three, and maybe to the world at large, how it is easy for an individual to fall victim of the appointing authority. We should never forget that here in this country, part of the dislocation is that the speaker was identified by the late president. So it must be clear that the interest that he's serving cannot be disguised. Sure. And so we are not surprised about this. Uh, we saw it coming. As a matter of fact, if you saw the pictures yesterday, we went in black, which we've never done, because we saw it coming. And now, how can you be a judge in your own case? Because we have issues with the speaker. We also know that the speaker has got issues with our leader. Our leader called the speaker of the assembly by a description of a cadre, a PF cadre. Now, in an ideal world, a cadre is not an insult. You have a cadre of medical doctors. You have a cadre of lawyers. You have a political cadre. It's 
simply means an affiliation. How he decided to make that an insult and even say that he's going to now submit his complaint to the Inspector General of Police for demeaning the office of the Speaker. Not me- that leaves much. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, uh, for how long have uh, they been suspended, Mr. Nkombo? How many of us have been suspended? For how long have your members been suspended from Parliament? Well, I'm, I'm part of the members. We are 48 of us, and we've been given a 30-day suspension period. And your party, the United Party for National Development, is uh, Zambia's main opposition party. Now, what, what are you going to do? What will be your next uh, course of action in this? Well, you mustn't forget that we have a president who is incarcerated. The first point of call is to make sure that our party remains strong. And we've demonstrated that that in the last six, um, I'll say eight, eight or so weeks that the president has been in incarceration, the idea of the patriotic is to see us and we have not dislocated. All right. So uh, our third point is to keep our party strong and uh, await for our party president to come out so that we can continue on the journey of giving our people the much-needed economic uh, liberation. All right. Unfortunately, we will have to let you go, Mr. Nkombo. Thank you so much for giving us uh, that update. Uh, that was Gary Gary Nkombo. He is uh, the chief whip of Zambia's main opposition, uh, United Party for National Development, talking to us about the suspension from Parliament of uh, opposition lawmakers in Zambia. Now, Dr. Olorunduba, what do you make of uh, the suspension of opposition members of Parliament in Zambia? Briefly, are you surprised by this? That's exactly what I talk about, the overbearing power of the state, of, of the ruling uh, parties, of the ruling government. But again, like uh, Mr. Nkomo said, we would rather encourage them to stand steadfast because it's quite encouraging that they can mount up opposition to the government to the extent that they were um, meriting suspension. But that is quite unfortunate and it's unexpected in a democracy because opposition parties are meant to strengthen democracy, to hold the government accountable, because the country belongs to everybody, whether you are the ruling party or the opposition party. So it is an undemocratic party, I mean practice, for a ruling government to expel, especially members of parliament who provide the oversight for governance. Dr. Kabwila, what do you think about what is happening in, in Zambia? Yeah, I think what is happening in Zambia is very indicative of the problems we are seeing. As you might know, even here in Malawi, the main opposition, we had three members of parliament charged with decision. And now I'm hearing that 58 members have been suspended, and I do know Honorable Garin Kombo. It's very, very unfortunate that the way we are running our parliament says if there is a problem, we suspend you. Let us sit down and talk. And um, honestly, I think this adversarial approach to forgetting that members, those 58 members, were actually chosen by the people. And when you are throwing them out, you actually are throwing out people. You are throwing out the, 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 the mandate that were given by the people. I think this shows the problem of ruling parties of objective arrogance that is really running America. 
uh, that they can just stand up and say we are going to do this. It's very, very unfortunate. I actually think as um, a person, uh, person as a main opposition in my own country, I understand the kind of problems that uh, Honorable Kompo Zambia is going through. But the trick to this is to stand strong and not be intimidated. As you said, we're going to court. I think from there, the people who gave them their mandate must also have a say on this. Because it is very, very unfortunate. You do not solve a problem by suspending people. You need to sit down and talk. They tried here to, to frighten us, say that you are, you are charged with treason, with chased here like rabbit dogs. But at the end of the day, they, they lost count on the treason case. Um, my, my, my own car was actually touched. And we know very well that it was because of the position that the opposition had taken on the issue of hunger. Now, I think what is happening there is just unfortunate. It shows the lack of um, inclusive democracy, particularly democracy that was supposed to be seen in ruling parties. I think we need to see what's happening in South Africa. People are standing up and to say, no, this is not right. And I just want to quickly have an input on the question you asked on um, nationalist parties that, you know, they seem to be on the rise. I think, um, it, 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 yes, they are maintaining, but I think they are more and more getting to be questioned by people how answerable they are, especially on finance, financial issues, on the right to a good economy. Because a good number of them are abusing public funds. And this is an issue that is very key in a developing Africa. In other words, most of the parties that are ruling are failing to drive the developmental agenda. They are actually driving personal agendas, which is very, very unfortunate. Now, Mr. Bloom, um, let me let me come to you. There is also a worrying trend here that opposition parties are subjected to, as uh, um, some of my guests have pointed out. Um, Hakainde Hichilema, you know, we're reflecting on what is happening in Zambia. Hakainde Hichilema, the leader of the main opposition party, um, has been arrested and uh, he faces treason charges are punishable by a 15-year jail term or the death penalty. So, considering the charges, would you say this are well for multi-party democracy? You know, we are not surprised with uh, the actions uh, of uh, is it 140 who, who is suspended uh, in is it is it Zambia? Uh, we are not we are not surprised because it happened in South Africa as well. Uh, you can recall what is happening to the EFF, uh, the Economic Freedom Fighters. Whenever they open their mouth uh, and raise a very valid point, uh, then they are being thrown out of the house physically uh, and being suspended from the house. So, uh, you see, what is happening now, it's arrogance. Uh, that is uh, creeping in and intolerance. Uh, uh, people don't have uh, any more tolerance and want to hear the opinion of the opposition. That is the problem that uh, 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 the country is, uh, I mean, uh, the continent is, is facing. Uh, this, this type of thing will take us nowhere. But you see, this bully tactics, uh, is creeping in. Uh, uh, people don't think that uh, one day they will also be an opposition party. And uh, they are using this thing and it won't be nice for them 
to taste their own medicine uh, one day. I hope it will never happen uh, in uh, our country that uh, revenge must be paid. It, it, it won't be a, a good thing. Uh, but I am saying that intolerance and arrogance is what is happening. You see, uh, charging people with, with treason uh, for, for, for standing up for their rights, it is exactly what I am I'm talking about. It is intolerance, it is arrogancy, that is what is happening. All right, let's take a quick break. African Dialogue continues after this. We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa. Bringing you the African Perspectives. Welcome back. You are listening to African Dialogue and today we are looking at the state of uh, opposition uh, political parties here on uh, the African continent. Dr. Oloran Duba, let me come back to you. Now, the governing parties on uh, the African continent, some would say, are dependent on embezzlement of public funds uh, to finance elections and abuse government resources. What do you think is uh, the role of opposition parties in this situation, uh, Dr. Lauren Tuba? <laughs> Let me come back to what I said again and again. We need to have a clear-cut opposition that is materially different from the ruling party. Of course, whether it is opposition or the ruling party, they are all the product of the society. But what we have is government using political offices for enrichment. And because of governance in, actual, in Africa is just too expensive to the extent that if you and I decide today that we want to contest for political uh, offices, it is pretty difficult even to buy nomination form based on your savings or the money you mobilize from, from the community. So one thing, I, I, when I teach or write, I write on the position of solution, that we need to reorientate ourselves to why do we go for elective offices? Why do we contest for political offices? Why do we seek for power? When we understand that the purpose of power is for service, whether you are in the opposition party or you are in the ruling party, you will have a different approach to governance. So when people get into political activities for the purpose of personal accumulation, it undermines the purpose of governance, it defeats the purpose of governance and leadership. And that is what I think we should be looking at. Because in most parts of the continent, you don't see any difference between the ruling party and the opposition party. When those opposition parties get into power, they sometimes they will behave worse than the ruling party they were accusing. So I'm saying that we need to redefine our leadership orientation in Africa, whether as opposition party or as ruling party. Now, Dr. Dr. Kabuila, Dr. Kabuila, 
Dr. Kabwila, can you hear me? Yes, Dr. Yes. Kabwila. Would you would you yes, would you would you yes. say that the uh, you know the private the private sector on the continent is strong enough uh, to support opposition parties during elections time? And why is the political funding such an emotive uh, issue in your opinion? If you could just quickly repeat, you said what you uh, answer. What would you would you say the private sector on the continent is strong enough uh, to yeah. sub, to support opposition political parties during elections? And why is political funding such an emotive issue? Do you think? Yeah. Thank you. I think the, polit- the political climate or the climate in the in Africa at the moment for opposition parties is, 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 is good enough. I think everybody sees that majority of the ruling parties are failing to raise, um, uh, to, to make policies and implementation that truly delivers to rural uh, communities, to women, to marginalized communities. Farming is not done in a way that it is a trade that actually benefits people and um, it makes it a business for the small people and even the big scale farmers are not funded very well. The real issue that I think is the, the political, let me say the electoral reform, that's where the problem is. Because I think this is where they do the reading. They actually, in my opinion, uh, the judiciary has been captured to a large extent. Much as we have recorded the third state of the of the state, from where I am, it is actually an arm that has been captured by the executive, and they do what the highest bidder says they should do. In my own country, what I've seen is judges fall over themselves to actually swear in a, 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 a political party receiving a recount. Now, um, the, the problem we have is that the legal structure, the one we adopted from so the West, white people beat British or American, I think it does not give voice to the vulnerable. It favors the people who are holding the peace strings. So I think the people are ready. But the problem is the, the machinations of getting, of getting to become a president or getting to be a party that is ruling, they favor those who can pay. And as they say, he who pays the paper is the one who decides the tune. So I think for me, the real headache that I live with every day is if you do not show uh-huh. thinking of going for a coup, uh-huh. if you are going straight for a ballot, you find that the electoral laws favor, you know, for example, political party financing is not as transparent as it is. And why it is transparent, it is not implemented. But then at the end of the day, this kills the opposition. You are not controlling the judges, you are not controlling the laws. Mr. Bloom, what is your take on the issue of political funding? Do you think a lack of funding on the part of opposition parties weakens the opposition? You see, uh, when it comes to the private sector, uh, I'm talking about um, um, uh, my country now, that uh, the private sector are scared of uh, 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 helping uh, opposition parties with funding because if the ruling party knows about uh, this company uh, or this entity is, is, is helping or sponsoring uh, this opposition party, you must know that that, that company is in trouble 
because uh, of uh, a tender, uh, they make it very, very clear that they will not uh, uh, support and give uh, any kind of, uh, company or entity uh, uh, tenders when it comes to that. Uh, that's why it's a very serious problem when it comes to uh, political funding uh, in, in our country because people are scared of, of helping the opposition parties. Other people uh, are even uh, saying to us, please don't tell anybody that, uh, uh, that uh, I have uh, donated uh, 500 uh, rand or so because they will take away the tender that they... That is, that is totally uh, 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 out of order. And it, 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 can, it must never happen in a democracy. People must be free to, 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 to support whoever and whichever political party they think or believe. And that is the reality of the situation uh, in South Africa now. Unfortunately, we will have to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us. This brings us to the end of yet another edition of African Dialogue. I would like to thank my guests for having joined us here on the show. Remember, African Dialogue comes to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. You are welcome to interact with us via Twitter handle at Channel Africa Facebook, or you can simply SMS your views. Uh, to 0823325905. If you want to email us, you can do so by sending us an email at info at channelafrica.co.za. Well, until next time, it's goodbye for now. We are playing out with a bang, bang, bang by Fela Kuti of Nigeria. Cheers. <laughs>
Now, now, 